I've been thinking about, um, well, I've been praying about, what, what do I preach about? We've actually, the uh, teach team met last week and we came up with uh, uh, a series of messages going right to the end of June. And, and I think we've picked a really good track. Um, but as I was thinking about this week going before the Lord, uh, I said, Lord, can I stop with the teaching people how to get peace in this time? And, and I got this sense from God. He asked me, how are you doing? So upon reflection, we're having another message on peace because just like you and, and sort of the different steps or stages of frustration that we have, the lack of control that we have in this time. If, for example, you want to start marching in the streets for the economy to open up and freedom to be given or, or things are really irritating you, uh, it's probably, you know, sometimes I know how we justify, but it's probably because your heart is really struggling with the lack of control you have. And this isn't a bad thing. I just want to point that out. We need to be able to get rest and peace and calmness in the Lord. Even if we're locked in our houses, even if we're frustrated with our governments, we need to understand and go to the Lord for his presence and his peace. Honestly, I'm doing a little bit better than I was at the beginning. But just like you, I, I still get drawn into the abyss of negative thinking and poor me mentality. And honestly, let's be really honest. We are a bit selfish and we hate not doing what we want to do. In case you're thinking that I want to control you, that this is a setup so I can start telling you what to do and how to do it. No, my desire is that you connect with God and he begins to tell you what to do and how to do it. Getting into his word, in a relationship with him, listening to the Holy Spirit who is in you. He is in you and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The point is not whether I want to control. The point is that God wants to have a relationship with you. And many of us, as I talked last week, we know about him, we've studied him, we know theology and doctrine but we don't really connect in a relational way hearing him, speaking to him like we should. Oh, we sometimes pass off studying even harder about who God is and we learn theology and doctrine even harder. But for an intimate Holy Spirit relationship, we just don't have that. The book of John in the New Testament I remember back studying the book of John when I was taking New Testament Greek. If you didn't know, John, the fisherman, wrote the most simplistic grammatically Greek words in the New Testament. In fact, New Greek students, that's the book we study because it's really simple and basic. But I would argue it is not a simple and basic book. John, for example, has a whole bunch of I am's. I think there's five I am's. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life. Uh, I am the way. I am the door. A whole bunch of stuff like that. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent in his one and only son. And then I really love when you get to John 13, John 14, and John 15. John 14 
begins with these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Oh, by the way, he doesn't just leave it there. He's kind of drawing us into this complex or this time of this is how you do this. This is how you don't let your hearts be troubled. When you get down to verse 23, he really starts to lay it out. And Jesus begins to teach how to not be troubled. Verse 23 says, and I want you to notice, especially through this text, all the times the word love is mentioned. John 14, 23, where Jesus begins to talk about obedience to him, says these words. Jesus replied, anyone, listen to this, who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. This is imagery of the internal presence of God Almighty. This isn't external happiness. This isn't do's and don'ts. This is relational talk. This is God in us, the Holy Spirit in us. So what is the teaching that Jesus is talking about. He says that if you love me, you will obey my teaching. Now, let me give you an example of some teaching that Jesus has. Matthew chapter five, verse one, listen to this. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he said, here's some teaching that he's saying we're supposed to obey. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and on and on. This is the teachings of Jesus. Yes, Jesus does teach morality. He does teach do's and don'ts, but you need to understand that in the Old Testament, love was often referred to and mentioned, but in the New Testament, it becomes everything. It becomes the foundation. It's why we serve Jesus. We love him and we obey him in his teachings. God loves us and he pours out incredible internal peace and presence. Now let's get back to the do not let your hearts be troubled from John 14. Jesus reveals the universe's underlying foundation of love. So what does love have to do with it? Verse 24 goes on to say, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still 
with you. But did you hear that? If you don't love Jesus, you will not obey Jesus. If you do not love Jesus, you will not obey Jesus. Oh, you can know a lot about God. You can know the ins and outs. You can read the entire New Testament and memorize it all. You can begin to study Jesus. But if you don't move into that internal relationship stuff, you're not going to love him the way you need to. You're not going to obey him. Theologians of today describe a lot of the Christianity that's going around in North America as therapeutic Christian moralism. Those are big words, but let me explain them. Therapeutic Christian moralism is where we believe there is a God who sometimes answers prayer. You never know when or if or how or why. And if we live a good life, God will bless us. That's Christian therapeutic moralism. No relationship involved. No love involved. This teaching, friends, is not what the Bible or Jesus taught. Listen to Jesus encounter a centurion in Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he's teaching again, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some, this is interesting, an important point, some elders of the Jews to him. He obviously had a good relationship with the Jewish leaders. Verse four, when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this, these elders, these Jewish elders said, because, <coughs> listen to this, he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. Now, why did he love our nation? He understood and he knew God and he obviously had some kind of abiding faith or understanding of who God is. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion said, or when the centurion sent friends to him to say, Hey, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. Wow. There's no doubt that Jesus had power, authority, and the means to heal, even from a distance. And this centurion seemed to understand that. He knew enough about God and God's teaching that he knew that even in isolation, even without God's presence or God's people there, Jesus could heal them. Verse 8, For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. You see, he understood who God was and how Jesus fit into all that. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such faith even in Israel. When I read those words... My thoughts are, this guy's 
knows Jesus and he trusts him. He has faith and that faith, like we talked last week, is born out of trust because he knows who God is and he's heard about Jesus and he has faith to know that even at a distance, he didn't need to go see Jesus because out of respect and that Jesus could heal his servant from afar. Then the man who had been sent returned to the house and they found the servant well. Two points to ponder. The centurion respected and trusted Jesus. He knew God and Jesus. And again, we talked about this last week. Do you know him? Are you in a relationship with him? Do you have a Christian therapeutic kind of relationship with God? Is it this, this, I just got to live these moral principles. You have not studied the scriptures. You need to live and, and do things that Jesus taught and that the scriptures teach out of your love for him. And this happens in relationship. Number two out of this text, Jesus healed at a distance. Maybe you're feeling super isolated. Maybe you want to march in the streets. Maybe you want to rise up with your pitchforks and do something against what's going on. But I want you to know Jesus is with you. Internally, the Holy Spirit is there in you. And he can touch your isolation, your fear, and your loneliness. Let's go on. Our text will make it even clearer. And we begin to see how there is really a Holy Spirit effect that happens. Verse 26. But, he's talked about this incredible faith, this incredible relationship, this love, this obedience. But, and this is the key, this is important. Please hear this and understand it. But the advocate the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity. He is a person, he's not a force. And he wants to counsel you and direct you and give you power. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So when you've studied and you've learned the scriptures, you get to know God, the Holy Spirit in relation, inside of you, not externally. It's not some uh, reminder cards on your mirror. I mean, that's not bad. But the Holy Spirit will begin to well up inside all the things that you've learned about God. Your, your trust will go up and your faith will multiply. And please understand for the record, the Holy Spirit is a person and not a force. And he teaches us that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right now, your world, my world is turned upside down. Oh, I wanted to tell you, last Sunday night, I went home and for whatever reason, I just, I, I don't know if I was watching news or what it was, but I just became overwhelmed and I kind of snapped out and I was angry and my wife's going, what's wrong with you? That was after preaching a really good message on relationship with God and honestly, what I thought is, I need to practice what I preach and so I, I remember I went to a quiet place in the house. In fact, it was such a, well, it was where I don't usually hang out. My wife came looking for, what's going on? Where are you? How come you're not with me? And I said, I just need to practice what I preach. And I withdrew with God. 
And I began to talk and I said, God, what's going on in my heart? And the Holy Spirit began to counsel me and he began to tell me, you're struggling with this and lack of control and you've got this anger still at this. And, and I'm like, oh my goodness, okay, let, let's deal with that. Let's work on that. And the peace of God began to flood me. This relationship, practicing what I preach, it was incredible. I spoke to somebody else this week and it was through a Zoom conversation and they'd been going through a real rough time for, oh, oh by the way, it wasn't just a real rough time through COVID. Uh, they had had a whole bunch of health problems for the last three or four years. Then they had somebody really close to them suddenly die. And, and they were just, I mean, this is months ago, but they were just struggling. And, and they said to me after last Sunday's message, I withdrew with God. And I began to ask God, what's going on? And God said, okay, it's enough. Uh, you've done enough. You, you need to move in a different relationship. You need to start experiencing my peace and my presence. And I got so excited listening to this person. I was like, wow, that's incredible. This is, this is why we send missionaries out. This is why we, we have classes like set free and hearing God. Uh, this is incredible stuff. The relationship we can have with God right here, right now is freeing. It's, it's soul changing. Friends, peace, peace that passeth all understanding, that peace that only God can give, that, that peace is out, that is outside of circumstances. It, it's ours to receive. Listen to verse 27. So you understand he's taking you through a progression. He's talked about the Holy Spirit. He, he's talked about that if you love me, you'll obey me. And he's made it really clear that this relational dynamic must happen. And then he says in verse 27, peace I leave with you. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't a maybe you'll get some peace. This is a my peace is there. Do, do you know the truth is? There's only one person stopping you from receiving peace right now. Oh, and you might go, oh, it's my wife or my husband. No. Oh, it must be the government. No. Oh, it's the circumstance. If things would just change, if, if I could just afford to have food, if I could just go out for a walk with my best friend. No. The only person that's stopping God's peace in your heart right now is you. It's me. My peace I give you I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now in my next comment, I want you to understand, I'm not trying to say that I am somebody incredible and special because I've gone through this. Because everybody's got a story. But I want to point out something else in my story. Now, I have told you, and if you don't know, I was in a very serious plane crash 30 years ago, almost died, lost a best friend in the crash. Two of my children, uh, in fact, Shaylin, who was leading worship today, she was in the crash. And uh, it was a life-changing experience for me. In fact, I remember at the time thinking, I will never be the same. I will never forget what's most important in my life. I'm always going to remember Jesus and I'm going to live my life to tell people about Jesus because if you don't know the story, as I lay on the ground, battered and broken and cut and I had lots of injuries and I was even unconscious in and out. But I remember in my 
utmost of fear going, oh no, what's happening? Jesus showed up and I said, I will never forget that. Truth is, I have. Truth is, I've wanted to take control. Truth is, I've tried to do my own things and I've heard the voices in the world. I've heard Satan at times speak to me and I have not been all in all for Jesus. I have not abided in my relationship with him like I always need to. What has even been more shocking to me is I know lots of people that have gone through life-changing experiences and after a time they seem to slip right back into the way the world copes without Jesus. These lockdown days have removed a lot of your coping mechanisms and my coping mechanisms. I mean, Ephesians 5.18, it's one of the quintessential verses about coping and it says, do not be drunk with wine which leads to bad things, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, we can go to the world's ways, we can go to our coping mechanism ways, or we can go to Jesus. We can be in relationship. The Holy Spirit who is in us can counsel us, empower us, give us peace that passeth all understanding. I mean, listen again to these words. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So in conclusion, if you're watching this and you're not born again, I just want to invite you on behalf of Jesus to receive his gift of eternal life to receive the Holy Spirit inside of you. And all you need to do is say, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I need forgiveness. I need a relationship. I need the Holy God from heaven who is loving me in a relationship with me. And secondly, uh, do you obey Jesus' teachings and, and is that obedience flowing out of love? Because of this relationship, because you're born again and you spend time with him, you, you in your angst and in your anxiety and in your frustration, do you go to God and do you stop and you say in that lonely place and say, God, what's going on in me? Why am I so full of turmoil and anxiety? I, he'll talk to you. In fact, he'll give you power and peace to get to a different place. And thirdly, do you spend time connecting with Jesus? Do you spend time connecting with him? Do you have a habit? You know, most people would argue at least 30 minutes in the morning. That golden 30 minutes is what you need to start your day. And for myself, I have been trying to, that life-changing experience, I, I continue throughout the day, especially when people, my wife, I don't worry about, but I often will talk to God and I'll say, hey, what should I do right now? God doesn't care what color a shirt you buy. Don't get me wrong in that. But God cares what you're feeling. And fourthly, have you received Jesus' peace? After you've been born again, after you begin to recognize that God is in relationship with you, you just need to out and out ask, God, flood my soul with your peace. It's there. It's for you. It's available. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for who you are. 
that you are the almighty God who first loved us and sent your one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. In fact, when we are born again, we enter into relationship with you, God. And my prayer right now is, would you speak to all who are hearing this message? Would you begin to surprise people with thoughts, images, visions, dreams at night, and when people actually say, God, I need your peace. Oh, God, it's there. And the only person that's stopping us from receiving the peace is ourselves. We need to ask. We need to come to you with bended knee and say, oh, God, what's blocking your peace? What anxiety? What thoughts? What anger? What, what is stopping me from loving you completely and being obedient? Oh, God, reveal that to me. And then, God, fill me with your peace. Thank you, Jesus, that you care about our souls, body, soul, and spirit, and you want to do this work in us. Oh, God, this, I don't know, week eight, whatever it is of lockdown, would you do a fresh and new work for each and every one of us? In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.